told you about. It's good to have you tonight. Amen. Give him a hand, church. Give him a hand. Amen. Welcome. Tyler and and what? Michelle? Michelle, it's good to have you tonight. We don't usually point out our visitors, but it's Sunday night, so a little different. I want to talk about God's precious promises. How many know he's a God of promises? And then I want to give an opportunity for a few people to give some testimonies. I feel there's some testimonies in here tonight of some promises being fulfilled. Amen. Um, you know, God, God's a God of miracles. How many, how many still believe that? We've got to remember the dimension that we live in. We, we are not just believers. We're not just saved. We, we serve a God who wants to do miracles. We can't forget that. A lot of times we're in a situation where we need a miracle and, and, and we don't realize God wants to do miracles. God, God specializes in miracles. He specializes in provision. Amen. Anytime we're struggling in finances, the, the good news is that his provision is right around the corner. The promises of God never, never lie. How many are glad that we're in heaven's economy tonight? Amen. As Robert was mentioned at the offering, I know firsthand, I know what his mom was like. I thank God I got to meet her, how she treated pastors. When we went out there, it was amazing. To her house, she, she treated you like a king. Sat you at the front of the table, fed you, uh, showed you her beautiful, beautiful house and several land and all that from a single mom. What a miracle. Promises. God's promises. So you might not be where you want to be tonight, but the, pro the promise is that God's got a place for you to go. Amen. He's got a future and expected hope, as Donnie said. So God is a miracle working God. I want you to remember that and, and ask yourself, do I, do I really believe God created this earth in six days? Do I really believe that on the seventh day he rested? Do you really believe tonight that Jonah was swallowed by a whale? Amen. That Elijah was taken up into a whirlwind into heaven. How many know that all those things I just said really happened? Those are miracles, amen, that a man could be swallowed by a whale, that Elijah could go up in a chariot of fire, that God could create this whole world in six days, that uh, the Red Sea was literally parted, you know. We, we see miracles today, and that it, you think, man, I've never seen a Red Sea parted, but what kind of miracles have you seen in your life that's bigger and better than a Red Sea miracle, amen? Like I said this morning on that testimony with, with uh, Imani, it's those little sometimes testimonies are bigger than a Red Sea opening up because that's when you know God knows your address. How many are glad God knows your address tonight? Amen. He knows where you live. He knows what you need in your bank account. He knows what you need in your car. He's a God of provision. He's a God of promises. Write this down. There are 7,487 promises in the Bible. That's a lot. 7,487 promises. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 7. I know you got, to, well, I'll read it for you. You're already in Philippians. That's a short verse. Let me read it for you. Deuteronomy 7, 9 says, Therefore know that the Lord your God, He is God, the faithful God, that's what I preached this morning, who keeps His promises. How many know God keeps His promises? promises. Amen. He, he, he can't lie. I love to talk about God's promises because we, we as human beings don't always keep our promises. We're human. Our human element can get in the way. The most 
good, uh, good-willed, good-hearted person as a parent can say, I promise, and fail on that promise. You can say, you can say it with all the intention. How many of you have ever have made a promise and had all the intention in your heart to fulfill that promise, but you didn't for whatever reason? Well, we serve a God that cannot fail. So if he says a promise, if he has 7,487 promises in the Bible, he can't fail on those. He's, he's, he's not going to fulfill half of them. He's not going to fulfill some of them. If he says, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in heaven, that's a promise. So we have to trust that tonight and understand that our faith you know, we talk about that verse that says uh, we walk by faith and not by sight. Then we have to understand that if that's the truth, then our faith rests in God's promises. How many understand that? Our faith rests. Can your faith rest? Yeah. Everything needs rest. So for exercising faith, you need to rest. If you're using that, if you're uh, a growing in faith, it needs to rest. So you rest your faith in God's promises. You say, okay, I have exercised this now. I'm going to sit back and trust and believe that God's going to fulfill it. And when you rest, you're waiting for him to fulfill it. Because if he said it, what's he going to do? He's going to do it. You either believe tonight, you have to ask yourself, do I believe in a miracle working God or not? We can say it, but do we believe it? Do we really believe there's any, nothing's impossible? Philippians 3.20. We have to realize that our lives are above anything we're facing on this earth. Anything. We, our circumstances are above and beyond. Our, sorry, our God is above and beyond our circumstances. Nothing that's happening on this earth is below God. Or, sorry, above God. He is above everything. He is over everything. And the Bible says in Philippians 3.20, our citizenship is in heaven. That, that's, a, that's a big enough promise right there to let me shout all night. That I, I have a citizenship in heaven. Amen. It's great to be a citizen of the United States, but I'm a citizen of heaven tonight. Amen. I've got a passport. How many got a passport tonight to heaven? We've got a passport to heaven. Amen. It says, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says we're not of this world. So why do we get so caught up in it? The Bible says that we're not of this world, so why do we depend so much? And I don't, I'm trying to say this in a, in a mental state of faith. Why do we depend so much on the things that we see? We have to learn to see beyond what we see physically. And, and like I said last week, Wednesday, speaking into existence spiritually. Okay, those promises were made, but we have to see them come to pass by faith. Right? We talked about that with Abraham and Sarah. He, he was made a promise. You will be the father of many nations. Abraham accepted it, received it, and believed it. But then he had to see it happen. But he couldn't see it in his physical body. He could not understand physically how he could, he could have a baby, how Sarah could have a baby. But he saw it spiritually. And he said, if God said it, I believe it. If God said it, he's going to do it. He's a God of precious promises. Amen. Listen to this. We need, we need to understand that anytime there's shortage in economy on this earth, in our work, in our house, in our cars or anything, there's scarcity around. We're not tied to that. 
If you ever think, man, why, why, why haven't I had a breakthrough yet? I want you to understand, if you feel like you haven't had a breakthrough yet, you're right around the corner from one. Right around, that's the most exciting thing about serving God, is that any moment that, that promise comes to pass. Because he's going to fulfill it. So at any moment, it doesn't mean we just sit back and wait. We sit back and believe. We have faith, we exercise, we do our part, but we know that at any moment, if I'm lining my life up with the word of God, that promise is just right around the corner. His provision is just right around the corner. You know why I can say this tonight? Because we just saw it. You know, we just saw it, how quickly God has, you know, just like God had this building for us, God has your provision. You just got to find it. How do you find it? You just trust you just, you just rest in your faith and know that that promise is right around the corner. Amen. He loves us more than we understand. Listen to this. Write this down. Train your eyes to see the unlimited riches of God. Train your eyes to see the unlimited riches of God. Now this ties in with everything I've said the last week or two on these messages about speaking to the mountain and speaking into existence. I hope, I hope you got something out of that the other day when I said you need to wake up in the morning and speak things into existence. You need to wake up in the morning and say, I speak life over my family. I speak life over my car. I speak life over my bank account. I speak life over my house. I speak life over, I speak abundance. We can, we can say, well, I don't have this or I don't have that. That's, that's talking about the mountain. It don't matter what you have. What matters is what God has, and he's trying to get it to us, and we just have to continue to believe and continue to speak it into existence. Those things that are not as what? As though they were. Those things that don't exist as though they did. And, and that's, like I talked about this morning, the, the faith factor where you just believe that if you make the act of faith, it's going to happen. We cannot get away tonight. No matter what we do, we cannot get away from the faith factor. You know, probably a lot of Christians in the world who are trying to get around that part can't. Faith is what our life is based on. And if you think sometimes, well, can I just have a break? No, because God needs your faith. Faith is God's gasoline for his car. Amen. Faith is what moves God. You can't, God does not move without faith. Faith moves his hands. And he has all this power and all this provision and all these promises. And, and, and how, it is act, how, how it moves is by faith. And I say, Lord, I believe that promise. I believe it's going to happen. I believe I'm a citizen of heaven and my citizenship is not here. And so I'm not going to be affected by what I see here. I'm going to be affected by what your word says I have. Amen. Whether that's physically, spiritually, financially, anything you're going through, you've got to train your eyes to see the unlimited riches of God. You've got to say, God's got this. God's got more than I need. Not just what I need. God's got more than what I need. Amen. Wake up every morning and say this word. God, you shall supply all my needs according to your riches and glory. Listen, I'm guilty of this. You're guilty of this. How guilty are we of not proclaiming his promises enough? We all are, right? We don't do it enough. We don't proclaim his promises. What should I pray about today? What should I read in the Bible? Well, 7,487 promises are there to read. That might take you a while. 
Amen. I don't, I'm not real good at math, but if you divide it by, that, by, by 365, you're going to have quite a few promises to read every single day. And so we need to start waking up and telling God, hey, God, I want to just remind you, because I know you like it when, when, you remind, when I remind you. Your word says that you will supply all my needs according to your riches in glory. So I'm not going to go by what I see physically. I'm going to go by what your word says spiritually. And I'm going to loose this into existence by faith. God's precious promises. Some of these verses we read sometimes, we don't really realize how, important, how powerful they are. Satan comes to steal, John 10.10. 10. Satan comes to steal. Every day he comes to steal your joy. Every day he comes to steal your health. Every day he comes to steal your perspective of godly perspective. Every day he comes to steal your hope. He comes to steal all kinds of things. But Jesus said, but I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. Is that not a promise? So if we're not living in the life that's abundant, and that's not just money, that's just everything. If we're not in that, then it's not God who's short, it's us. It's, it's not God that's failing, it's us just saying, Lord, I'm going to speak this through. I'm going to proclaim your promises until I see it happen. Here's another awesome promise verse, Ephesians 3.20. Our God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think that's a great promise according to the power now let me let me let me begin to head a direction for a second this is important we're never left out of the equation let me read this again some people might read that i've heard people say hey our god is it is able god is able say that and this God is able, let's shout that out. We just say that and, and that sounds good. And then we'll even say, God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than I can ever ask or think. Then we don't read the rest of the verse that says, according to the power that works in us. So how many have got a mus muscle in your arm, muscle in your legs, muscles in your body that if you don't use them, what good is it? There's a power in, in, in your engine of your car. If you don't turn it on, it doesn't start. If it doesn't have gasoline, it doesn't run. There is a power that has to work in us, and we have to work that power. Why don't more miracles happen? Because we don't believe. Why don't more miracles happen? Because we don't step out and pray for them. Why don't more, more, more supernatural things happen? Is God busy? Is God bored? Has God ran out of power? Has God ran out of provision? No, none of those. It's just us not forgetting that we're still tapped into a promise of God that will never change. And matter of fact, the closer we get to God, the more real His promises become. Amen? The more powerful His promises become. Can anybody in here vouch that you've seen God fulfill a promise? A promise, amen? And you know, here He says, according to the power that works us in us, so I say, we serve an abundant God, a faithful God, like I said this morning. Let me throw out just these two ideas. Ravens brought food to Elijah. Birds. Can you imagine being fed by the birds? Them coming and dropping uh, Taco Bell off or steak or Taco Bueno or Taco Casa or whatever you like or the tacos we make here. Can you imagine a bird just coming and dropping a street taco right in front of you? Man, can you imagine just sitting there 
and just having a bird come and drop it perfect and drop the salsa and drop the, drop the lemons and everything right in front of you. Because that's what they ate back then, but we would want tacos. Amen? Can you imagine? I mean, Elijah's sitting there and the ravens bring food. But today we don't, we don't, we, ah, that's the Old Testament. That can't happen today. How many have ever seen provision come out of nowhere? Come out of the sky, literally. Come out of nowhere where you, 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 you needed something right then and God showed up. I love abundance. I love to have more than enough. But when I don't have enough and I don't have abundance is when I really, really see God's hand. I mean, amen? And again, that's not just money. That's in anything. If I had constant, 100% all the time, just this, just this amazing, you know, sometimes when we're in praise and worship, like when we sing that song tonight, you just feel it. You could just feel it. You could just get choked up singing it. And everybody could was just, if we felt that all the time, we wouldn't need to seek God. If we felt that, if we never felt moments of not feeling his, prom, his power, then we wouldn't appreciate when the power really came and you got a little choked up and you felt that presence if you felt it all the time. How many understand what I'm saying? If, you know what makes a promise special? It's something you don't have. I'm going to give you all a second on that. If you have it, you don't need a promise. I promise you I'm going to give you this. Well, if you already had it, what do you need a promise for? The, the powerful thing about a promise is that God allows us to desire it. And then when it comes to pass, it's special. So he says, I promise these things. So promises are something we look forward to. Amen? Something that we can hope for. In Matthew 17, for by the way, that was in, in 1 Kings 17, the ravens bring street tacos. In Matthew 17, in 2017 version, Matthew 17, a fish brought money. God, Jesus says, hey, go, go down and get, get this tax for us. Go down to the, to the lake and fish. And when you open that first fish's mouth, you're going to find a coin. Sounds crazy. That's a promise. God will, I believe tonight, I believe tonight in, 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 with all that I have in my spirit that there, God has got some, some coins in some fish's mouths. That he's going to give us some supernatural money that's going to come from some places that are unexpected. And I, I would have expected you to be a little more excited about that. That's okay, though. I'll be excited for you. Amen. There's nothing better than finding something that you weren't expecting. Than having some provision come out of nowhere. Have you ever found money in your pocket? Have you ever been putting your hand in some jeans you wore, some shirts, and you found, find money? Does anybody get mad when you do that? That's a great feeling. $20. Of course, I don't think I've ever found 20 I know where my money's at. Some people are good at that. I, I might do a five or a one, but 20 I heard people say, yeah, I found $100 in my pocket. How'd you lose it? How'd you forget where $100 was? You got it going on, Amen. I might forget five, but a hundred? Amen. So who in the world would think that God could provide through fish and ravens? If he can do that, he can do anything. Listen, God will make a way where there seems to be no way. Haven't we seen that over and over again? God will make a way where there seems to be no way. Psalms 35, verse 27. Let them shout for joy and be glad. Who favor my righteous cause. And let them continue 
sorry, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, listen, who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Did you hear that promise? God has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Again, that's not just money. Prosperity is all kinds of things. All kinds of things. Don't ever forget that. I, I have to remind myself of that too because we can easily, uh, tonight, easily, easily, easily focus on money for everything. But I, I don't know about you tonight. If I, if I had to choose between struggling financially and struggling physically, it's a no-brainer to me. That's me though. Maybe you'd be okay in the hospital with money in the bank. That's not me. I would rather be broke and have my health. Okay, how many follow me? So, but God is saying here that he uh, delights and is magnified in the pleasure, in his pleasure, in the prosperity of his servant. So God wants us to be prosperous in every area of our life. And when we are prospering, he is happy. So it's God's will for us to prosper. It's God's, so we, we say, well, how, well, how if, if I struggle and he's teaching me something or I'm learning something, how does that work? He's, he's not happy that you're going through a struggle any more than a, than a parent is happy spanking their kid as they spank him, but they're teaching them a lesson or they're disciplining them. But he's going somewhere with that. So sometimes when we're in a struggle, God's not pleased with that. Some people think, oh, if I'm poor, if I'm depressed or whatever, God, no, God don't love you more like that. That's not how God wants you. He, he doesn't get glory for that. I just praise God this morning or tonight because I just praise God for my depression. That's not a testimony. That is not a testimony. I just praise God that I'm poor. I just praise God that I'm sick. I just give him all the glory. That's not, that's not what the Bible says. It is his will for us to prosper. And I'm going to show you that. If you'll go to 3 John chapter 1. God takes pleasure in blessing. Listen to this. I'm going to begin to close. God takes pleasure in blessing, especially the ones who lay down their lives and resources for the kingdom. Okay, you understand that? Especially. God especially takes pleasure in blessing those who, as Robert said at the offering, understand God's kingdom. God's kingdom. That when, when, whether, whether you have a lot or a little, God's kingdom is first. How many understand that can work both a lot or a little? It's all about the kingdom. If there's a kingdom need, I'm in it. If there's, a need, if there's something that needs to be done, I'm there. That, there's a special blessing on the workers. In the kingdom of God. People who are serving and living for the Lord. Now 3 John chapter 1 verse 2 says this. Beloved, I pray that you would prosper. And look what it says. In all things. Health. And, the, sorry, and you be in health just as your soul prospers. So we have to understand that prosperity has to, has to do a lot with how we t when we talk on Wednesday nights about the heart, we talk about our spirit, we talk about our attitude on life, we talk about our perspective. When we line that up and we get in God's will in, the, in our soul, then he says, I would prosper you in all things and in health just as your soul prospers. How many tonight are in God's business? 
You're in the kingdom of God. You work for the Lord. You're a minister of God. Amen. If you didn't raise your hand, you are. You just don't know it. Amen. You'll get it one of these days. We're all ministers. We're all called. We're all part of the kingdom of God. We are all workers. We're his workmanship. And if we are in God's business, then listen, here's a promise as I close. Provision belongs to you. Provision belongs to you. Because God will not let his workers not, not have food. God will not let his workers go into, into debt. God will not let his workers suffer. I didn't say for, for a moment. I'm talking about in general. God will take care of his workers. How many believe that tonight? There's something about God that says, I don't want you to lack. I want you to have more than enough. Remember that we're created in God's image. I've never met a parent in my life who did not want their kids to do better than them. Ever. Not a good one. God wants more for us than we want for ourselves. God does not get glory when he sees his kids struggling. God does not get glory when he sees his kids sad. God gets glory. God is happy. God is content when he sees his kids happy and fed and prospering and in health and full of joy and full of life and full of expectancy. That's God's will for us tonight. That's the promise of God. Don't let anybody tell you anything different. God has blessings for you. We've got to tap into them and say, Lord, I believe in your promises. To finish, write these two things down. Just two. How can I activate the promises of God in my life? Number one, simply do what God tells you to do. Obey. Do what God tells you to do. Now, the obvious ones are you pray, you read, you give your tithes to the Lord, you come to church, you love people. Those are the, those are the obvious ones, okay? Get those right before you try to do anything else right. Those are, those are, God wants you to be in his house. God wants you to give your first fruits. God wants you to pray. God wants you to read the Bible. And God wants you to love each other. But then beyond that, those are the general things. Then beyond that, the real provision begins to come when you hear God's voice tell you to do things that are beyond those. Did you hear that? Where you specifically learn, where, where, where it goes beyond just those basic principles. And you begin to hear the voice of God and God says, do this, go there, do that, pray for that person, give this, help that, read this. How many follow what I'm saying? And then you obey provision comes. That's how you activate the supernatural power of God. The second one, and by the way, if you want to read the story later, 1 Kings chapter 17. Okay, there's a great story that I don't want to take the time to get into. The second one is honor the Lord. Honor the Lord and honor His servants. Honor the Lord and honor His servants. Luke 6.38 says, Give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, shaken together, and running over shall be placed in your bosom or on your lap. This is something that God wants to do. Uh, all 1 Kings 17, I said, uh, Isaiah 1 verse 19 is another one. There's verses that are constantly showing what that, what that verse is in, in, in 1 Kings 17. You'll remember the story. He, this this uh, widow 
uh, is told by Elisha to go and get, the, get, get what she has that last meal and give it to him. And that's a whole story I can't take the time to get into, but how many know that there's obedience there? I'm just going to do what he said. If she doesn't do what he says, she doesn't get the miracle. God will ask you to do things that seem crazy sometimes. But you have to do what he says. Amen? And when you begin to learn to do that and just obey, and you begin to learn to honor the Lord and his people. I mean, think about that tonight. How, how often do we lack in, in not just loving each other, but honoring each other? Showing the respect for each other that we want to be shown to us. Showing the admiration for each other that we want to be shown to us. Showing the appreciation. Showing the love. So obeying and honoring the Lord and the people around us activates the promises of God. How many believe that tonight? Amen. Father, I pray for what we just talked about. Before we have a few testimonies, God, I just want to thank you for sealing everything we just talked about. God, you've got promises for us. Mighty, mighty promises. We're going to hear just for a few minutes, Lord, of some people who've seen your promises come to pass. They can brag on you and testify to your goodness tonight. Lord, seal the spirit of our, of our hearts tonight with faith. Help us understand, God, that we live not by sight, not by what we see, not by what we have, but what, by what we believe. Lord, I ask you to open our hearts for a few minutes and let us be filled up tonight with the stories or the testimonies that someone might have tonight that just confirms what your word has spoken tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to turn on this mic, Chris. And who has a testimony? Dwayne. 